This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good wet Wednesday. So nice to see the rain after such a dry summer. Hope you're having a good day and thanks so much for hanging out with us today. And I know you're probably saying, please, Ange, are you still going to be talking about the arena? Well, I am going to talk about the arena because this is uh, a major issue that has been thrown at us that could be a major issue for how you vote in the election. And I, I know Danielle's done a great job, Rob's done a great job, and we still are getting lots of texts and phone calls. So I, I want to still give another hour to the arena because I think this is a, a big deal for our city. What would happen if the flames, now there's no threat of it, but what would happen if the flames did up and leave? What would that mean to our city? How important is a new arena? Because we do have an arena. We have the Saddle Dome. But how important is a new arena to the city? A new arena to Mayor Nenshi's plan when it comes to revitalizing the East Village And how much do you or I think we should pay for it? I think whenever I talk about the arena, and I know, I mean, if you're if you're going to text me and say, Ange, you're a Nancy supporter, Ange, I can't believe you hate the arena, you don't like the flames, save your thumbs. I don't need those texts. Because I want to be clear. I think an arena is great. I know what it adds to the fabric of our city. Do I think it's so great that we should be throwing in money as taxpayers when maybe we could put that money somewhere else? Maybe we could use that $200 million that Ken King had suggested in the Calgary Next proposal for the field house that has already been earmarked, but actually build a field house somewhere else? So you know I'm not crazy about Calgary Next. Victoria Park, I'm all for it. If there is the right deal. And I think that's exactly what Mayor Nenshi has said as well. He supports an arena. It's part of his vision too for the East Village if there's the right deal. And of course, today we heard council went behind closed doors and I know a lot of people can be up in arms about that. But it sounds like they went behind behind closed doors because Mayor Nenshi said, will you guys as councillors give me the authority to share with the public What deal we're talking about here? What deal was so bad that Ken King had to call a a hastily called news conference to say, talks are off. We're not talking anymore, which I have said even when it happened yesterday at five. I think this is just another tactic. I want to talk to Ryan Kennedy, writer, editor for the Hockey News, wrote a good article today, and that's why I wanted to bring him on. Ryan, thanks so much for sharing your time with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Do you think the Flames would leave Calgary? It seems quite unlikely. I mean, given the history of the team in Calgary, winning a Stanley Cup there, and you know, the amount of support they get in the region, it, it just kind of seems like a fool's errand to mess with that on a grand scale. They do get a lot of support. They've got strong fans, and that's great. So do you think that's why, whether it's in Calgary or any other Canadian city, that professional sports teams can say, if you don't give us what we want, we're leaving? Well, particularly in hockey, I think that's a strong sentiment because we saw it happen in Winnipeg. We saw it happen in Quebec City. But this is a gambit that is very common in the United States as well particularly when it comes to football stadiums. And what you see is 
cities say, well, we can't survive in this stadium that was built 15 years ago or 20 years ago. We need a new one, and it has to have a retractable roof or it has to have, you know, an aquarium in the back or, or whatever you, you may uh, think of. And, I mean, really, it's a way of, of getting the best deal for the owners and and getting municipalities and, and cities to to bear the brunt of the cost. And this is a trend we've seen for a long time, and unfortunately, there's a pretty good template for it. Uh, like I say, particularly in the United States. Aquarium would be cool, though. Um, it would. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, right. Uh, I mean, you even, even said it in your column that Calgary, uh, the Saddle Dome is old. We, we do need a new arena. But your argument is then the owner should build it. Why? Well, simply put, they have the money and this is their business. And you know, the hockey team can play in the Saddle Dome. I mean, it's it's not completely falling apart. It's just antiquated. But, you know, if you want to attract more free agents in the future, um, if you want to have those great luxury suites and, and bring in those corporate dollars, then, yeah, you want to have a nicer building to, to play in. But the Flames are going to be the ones getting the revenue. Um, that's always how these deals work out. So, you know, if you want to make money, you got to spend money. And I think that you know, particularly with Murray Edwards. He's one of the richest men in Canada. Um, He can afford to do it. And I I don't buy that, you know, the arguments that, oh, Calgary's not Toronto or Montreal. There's enough hockey fans in Alberta to fill that rink every night for decades. Um, There's enough corporations based out west that they can fill those luxury boxes. Uh, It's just a matter of ponying up the cash to make it happen. And Ryan, if you want to make money, you have to spend money, but it's even better when you can spend someone else's money. Well, and that's just it. And, I mean, the thing is, we all get irrational when it comes to sports, particularly when the team is wearing your city's name on their jersey, and you sometimes lose sight of the actual economic reality of it, which is that, you know, this arena, you know, for the team, they have a big fan base, but it's not the entire city or the entire province. And you'll get some concerts, and some people will go to that. But it's not something that's going to get used every day by every citizen. It's not like highways or schools or hospitals. And it's really a matter of of asking yourself, you know, what are our priorities here, and and where do we think public money should be spent? Where is it going to benefit the most people? And, you know, I mean, if if people in Calgary think that the the flames are the number one priority and, and they should get public money or, or tax levies or, or breaks or bombs or whatever they do, then, then that's cool. But um, if, you, if you dig down, you know, these deals rarely work out for the public. They're, even though you're going to get construction jobs in the short term, the actual revenue base tends not to be positive for the governments that lend the money out. And even when they say a new arena is going to bring new jobs, you're right, construction is what they're usually looking at. But if we're looking at the people who work at the Saddle Dome right now, a lot of them minimum wage jobs, those jobs would just shift to a new arena. So it's not as if a new arena would create a whole bunch of new jobs. Um, I know someone will probably text and argue that, no, we'll be able to get more concerts, then that means more jobs, more hours. But it's the level and the quality of the jobs that are even created there. Certainly, and and that's what sort of gets lost in a lot of these things. You, you can play around with numbers a lot when you're when you're trying to make a case to to use public money on these things. But uh, like I said, I mean, stud, numerous studies have been done. You know, entire books have been written about these uh, these stadium 
gambits, if you will. And, and and what they show is that, you know, the money could be used better elsewhere. Now, if, like I said, if people in Calgary would prefer to have the new arena uh, for the Flames and they want to use the public money for that, then, then that's cool. But um, I, I just think they need to have that information that, you know, it, it, when Brian Burke says that they could make hundreds of millions of dollars off of it, it's not quite true. Ryan, there has been a shift, though, because I think many years ago, you would have seen cities do all they can, bending over backwards to appease a a professional team and their owners just to have that arena. But we are seeing examples where owners are understanding that not everyone is keen on that funding model. Yeah, and I think it's sort of the economic realities that we live in where, you know, a a lot of municipal governments are asked to do more with less um you know a lot of services get sort of uh put on them by higher levels of government and they they have to make a lot of tough choices and they only have so much of a tax base to work with when they do so i I also think that you know every time the olympics comes around these days it seems to be a debacle it's gotten so big and so many buildings have to be constructed for that, whether it's the Olympics or, you know, World Cup soccer. We just end up seeing these ghost towns of stadiums that never get used again. And I think people are sort of catching on to the idea that these are not necessarily self-sustaining projects. And and even in the NHL, when you look at the Arizona Coyotes, a franchise that has been under a financial cloud for pretty much the whole time since they moved from Winnipeg, I mean, their, their arena woes are legendary mm. and you know, the city of Glendale, where they currently reside, is constantly at war with itself. And, uh, you know, that's something that has to be thought about when you're making these decisions. Ryan, thanks so much. And don't get me started on the Olympics. That's for another day. But um, uh, thanks for starting the discussion on this one. No problem. Thanks for having me. You bet. Ryan Kennedy, he is a writer, editor for The Hockey News. Let's take a break. And I know I've had people calling in. I will take calls after 3.30 because Ryan mentioned... Once again, the studies that show uh, building a new arena, it's not as if that's a huge boon to a city. We'll talk to a researcher who spent six years in Edmonton at the University of Alberta during the whole negotiations. It was five years before the Oilers and the city came up with a deal. So when Ken King says, we've talked for two years and now he's refusing to talk anymore, there's no way a deal is going to be worked out that quickly anyway. 403-974-8255. You can text and definitely at 3.30, I'll open up the phone lines. I'm Angela Cocott. Back after this. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott. Weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.